0: This hour of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Now, back to Spears
1: and Ali on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4, ESPN
2: Tucson. Oh, yeah. It's Friday. Welcome yes. to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4, Tucson.com the ESPN Tucson mobile app, and the Spears and Ollie podcast located wherever you listen to podcasts. Go ahead and say it's Friday again. It's Friday! Yes! Let me get a Ric Flair woo! Sorry for all those who have your speakers uh, turned up in your car for the Ric Flair woo, but hey, we've had a great week this week, and we're going to have an epic show for you all today. I'm Justin Spears, as always, one half of Spears and Ali, and uh, the guy, Ali Farhang, um, who is usually here on a Friday, well, he decided, you know what, guys, it's five o'clock somewhere, okay? I had a long week at the law firm. Let me just go get, and I quote, lubricated before the show. Mm-hmm. No, Ali Farhang's, uh, he, he has he had some meetings, so yeah. he's going to be a little late. He's doing his job. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah. But hey, it pays for a really sweet car. Like he's got Lamborghini doors <laughs> and, and it goes into his house that's built inside of a mountain. Yeah. Like Ollie Farhang is not your everyday person, folks. Let yeah. me just say let me just tell you that. Uh but no, Ollie will be here in just a few moments. And uh I can't wait to uh talk to our guest today. I'm very excited to have Brandon Scooby Robinson from Bally Sports. Fill us in on uh, the final stretch of the NBA season with 20-ish or so games left. Uh, which teams look like title contenders? Also, uh, what's uh, what does Kevin Durant bring to the Phoenix Suns? And, and Scoop B was you know right there in the middle of all this reporting in the summertime when Kevin Durant first requested the trade to the Phoenix Suns. So we'll get uh, Scoop B's outlook on the Kevin Durant situation and how him going to Phoenix happened. And then uh, later on this hour, uh, we actually have a couple of Friday favorite interviews. I figured with the Arizona baseball team opening up the the home season tonight at High Corbett Field, uh, they they went up there uh, last week at the MLB Desert Invitational. They upset was it number two Tennessee, and they did they did so by beating the Volunteers three to one. T.J. Nichols had an absolute gem of a performance, and I figured with the the baseball team opening up their their home schedule uh, tonight at High Corbett Field. We're going to have a couple of Friday favorite interviews. So earlier this week, we actually spoke to Arizona baseball head coach Chip Hale. Uh, we'll talk to him uh, later this hour. We'll run it back with him gearing up for tonight's game against West Virginia. And then uh, in the 5 o'clock hour, while you guys drive to High Corbett Field and get ready for tonight's game, we'll uh, we'll run it back with Robbie Medell, who's a uh, former Arizona pitcher, you know, got a a crack at it playing professional ball and decided, you know what, Uh, I'm going to take my talents and apply it elsewhere into other avenues. And uh, he's giving it a go at this whole pickleball thing, which is apparently the fastest growing sport in America. Uh, You know, it used to be kind of like, hey, they only played it at the country clubs, you know. You would, uh, you know, play a game of pickleball and then you go – Enjoy a nice lunch at your uh, country, cl- country club, country uh, club, a diner or bar, or whatever. But now it, it's a sport that a lot of young people are playing, and like everyday people are, are playing it as well. So, it's uh it's really interesting. Plus LeBron James, Tom Brady, and other high profile athletes, they're investing millions of dollars into this sport. So Robbie Mundell is uh, all over it, and we'll talk to him about that at 5:25. Get your favorite wool sweater, tie it around your neck. Get ready you're, for some pickleball. Tied around your neck, yeah. <laughs> is a Arnold Palmer, is that a very pickleball drink? Like Yes. Yeah, when you're watching? Yeah. Okay. Um, Arnold Palmer, Arnie Palmy, and a and a vodka crayon. And a vodka crayon. <laughs> a sea breeze. <laughs> is that like a is that like an old head drink? I always thought, you know, vodka crayon, like if I ordered one, like they would laugh at me at the bar. Because it's like like, vodka cranberry. You're you're too self-conscious. Really? Really? Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, I I actually recently at a wedding, I I went up and I was like, hey, do you guys have any uh, amaretto sours? And they were like, ah, no, we don't have any. I'm like, okay, well, would you judge me if I got a vodka cranberry? (laughs) (laughs) And they started laughing so hard, and hey, I I enjoy those. Uh, But anyways, (laughs) uh, our other guest for today's show, uh, Jason Shear from Wildcat Authority, uh, will be talking to us about... Uh, Spring football just a couple of weeks away, and then uh, we'll also uh, talk to him about conference realignment, what's going on with the Pac-12. Jason is uh, all over this. Uh, If you follow him on Twitter, and I guarantee you probably do if you're an Arizona Wildcats fan, uh, Jason has been monitoring conference realignment and all that stuff. So I want to talk to him about that, and then uh, we'll also talk Arizona basketball as well. And then uh, at 440, Shane Diefenbach from PHNX will talk to us about ASU basketball because that's who Arizona's playing this Saturday at McHale Center so we'll get another kind of behind enemy lines look at the ASU Sun Devils. All right, and then we'll get into NBA uh, or NBA updates. Uh the NBA returned after the All-Star break, so we'll look back at interesting games last night. I saw that the uh, the Lakers had an impressive win over the Golden State Warriors and Even though D'Angelo Russell had a little bit of an injury, uh, Lakers look like a decent team. Don't sleep on my Lakers, guys. But uh, also, uh, I think the best game of the night, though, was that Memphis Grizzlies-Philadelphia 76ers game. So, NBA had a very uh, uh, awesome first day back from the All-Star break. And uh, we'll talk about all of that at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, along with uh, a memorable senior day coming up on Saturday, which we'll talk about during top three headlines going into today. Here's headline number one. 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 Arizona Wildcats basketball. This is a twofer, by the way, uh, for for top headlines. Uh, Just because, hey, both basketball programs are thriving right now. Unfortunately, last night, the Arizona women's basketball team, now ranked number 14 after their impressive weekend against Utah and Colorado. Uh, Unfortunately, Arizona tripped up and lost to uh, the Oregon Ducks. And it was a disappointing performance by Arizona. Uh, Arizona lost 73-59 to 59 at Matthew Knight Arena in Eugene last night. Does that mean the Ducks swept them? No, this year, no. The Ar- no, because Arizona beat them at, at McHale Center oh. earlier this year. Um, did they lose to Oregon State earlier this year? No. No? No. Oh, uh, Maybe maybe they did, yes. I, um, I do know for a fact, though, that the, the Arizona women's basketball team, they beat Oregon earlier this year. Um
1: I thought, I thought one of them beat us at, at McHale.
2: No, but. no. Oregon State, uh, they beat Oregon 79-71, and that was when Oregon was actually ranked in the AP Top 25. Oregon State was a close one, but Arizona won 72-69. Ah, uh, um, okay. But to last night's game, uh, Arizona... Oh, I was thinking of Wazoo. They, they almost came back and won. Uh, the Wildcats actually trailed by as many as 16 points against Oregon, and they, they cut it close, but uh, the Ducks, they ended up... Um, you know, pulling t- uh, a, a late run. I think it was a 16 to 3 at the end of the game. So, uh, too much Oregon, uh, too much uh, Tahina Pow Pow, also too much Endaya Rogers as well. And Arizona, it, it was a, a game where, man, they had it. They came back. Is that is that how you pronounce the name? I have no idea. Okay. I, you you, you kind of scoffed at me like. No, nah, <laughs> I didn't scoff. I, I had no idea what you said. <laughs> what, the names? Yeah. Tahina Pow Pow and yeah. Endaya Rogers? I hate it when I have too much of those. Yeah. Uh, But no, they were fantastic for Oregon, and Arizona, they had it, and I told you guys this last night, or during yesterday's show, Arizona, they're feeling good about themselves, but to me, this has trap game written all over, because the reveal show was out last night, and Arizona was uh, selected to host. I mean, they're expected to be among the teams that host the first and second rounds of the NCAA tournament. However... You're right there kind of on the cusp. You need to be in those top 16 teams. You're number 14. The committee, they're going to look at how you finish. And if you get swept by the Oregon schools, because they could very well get beat by Oregon State. Oregon State almost beat them in McHale Center earlier this year, and they got former Wildcat Bendu Yaney on the other side. So I'm sure they would love to play spoiler and and upset the Wildcats. And then the Pac-12 tournament, I mean, it's not going to be easy. Now, fortunately for Arizona, uh, with a loss last night, I think it was by Cal or someone or Colorado, but the loss last night guarantees that Arizona is going to get a first round bye. So Arizona Arizona not going to play in that Wednesday game. They're going to get a first round bye. They secure a top four bid and they'll play on Thursday. But still, like you're going to get a very tough out because you're going to get a team that's playing on Wednesday. So they're going to kind of get familiar with the lay of the land at Mandalay Bay and they're going to be. Uh, they're they're gonna just going to have that game experience and they're going to be kind of in rhythm. And if Arizona loses the first round of the Pac-12 tournament and they get swept by the Oregon schools, like I, I guarantee you, the committee's going to look at that and go, well, I don't know if we should make them the hosts. Now, good news is is that I think the committee will also consider the the impact or how many people are interested in going to the NCAA tournaments. I think if Arizona does host the first and second rounds. A lot of people are going to go, and it's a great tournament site. I mean, it hasn't just been with the Arizona, uh, with the NCAA Women's, uh, the NCAA Men's a a little while back also hosted uh, games here as well. So, I think Tucson's the perfect place for the NCAA tournament, but Arizona certainly has to make a strong case. Losing to Oregon, and if they end up losing to Oregon State uh, coming up this weekend, uh, that it's not going to be good. And especially we all know about the Pac-12 tournament and the impact that that has. But uh, for for Arizona. Uh, unfortunately they take the L, but now moving forward, uh, they got a tough Oregon State team coming up on Saturday at one PM. Uh kind of cool that the the women's basketball team, they're doing the Thursday Saturday slate. All right, uh and also along with uh that, later on this weekend, on Saturday, tomorrow in fact, at noon, you got the Arizona men's basketball team tipping off against ASU for the last time at McHale Center. It's the last home game of year two of the Tommy Lloyd era. And it's going to be a weird uh, senior day. It's going to be a, a senior day that has a couple of one-year rentals. Like you're going to have Cedric Henderson. You're going to have Courtney Ramey. And then you're going to have Matthew Lang, who's a transfer from Gonzaga. These are all guys who just transferred in for one year. They made their impact, and now they get to have their second senior day. Like Courtney Ramey last year had a senior day at Texas. Cedric Henderson had a senior day at Campbell. Matthew Lang had a senior day at Gonzaga. Now they're just being selfish. And now they're getting a second senior day. But uh, they're going to have it in front of more people at McHale Center, uh, which, which is super cool. But uh, it's going to be a, an, a, an impressive day. I'm excited for it. And the big question is, is this Azulis Tubelas' last home game as an Arizona Wildcat? Uh, as we all know, he's the front runner for Pac-12 Player of the Year, one of the top forwards in college basketball. Is he ready for the NBA? Uh, he's drawn some interest, and I think he's capable of playing at the NBA, but uh, what what Azulas Tubelas decides to do should be very interesting, and so I'm very excited to see uh, what he can do. All of a sudden, Oli Farhang just pulls up in the building, puts on a mic muff, and is like, hey, guys, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Ha- Happy Friday, Ollie. Happy Friday. Look, looking fresh.
1: Thank you. Feeling fresh. I appreciate you uh, coming for me while my deposition went long. An amazing... <laughs> You have an owl shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs>
2: uh, happy Friday to you, my friend. Good to
1: see you guys.
2: Uh, how was the the, the depo- deposition? Was that at your house or the law firm? It was
1: a Zoom uh, deposition, so I just did it from my house. And, boys, I got to tell you. The cave. I got to tell you, this morning's show is going to be challenging because it's going to take me a good 45 minutes to get here every morning. Why is that? Because that's how far I live away. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, huh. I live on the east side of town, buddy. Oh, that's right. I'm an I'm a east side guy.
2: Yeah. East side. You're on the, you have a house in the in the mountains, right? In Mount Lemon. Well, like it's like goes into Mount Lemon.
1: There's a waterfall. I <laughs> jump my car into the waterfall. Uh, yeah. It goes into a cave area <laughs> with a an abode above it. But no, I mean it's it's gonna be fine. I'm sure like in the mornings <laughs> it'll be a little faster. But I, mean, I was yeah. driving and I'm like looking at how much time it's taken for me to get here. I'm like oh. Yeah, might have to wake up a little Early. earlier than I thought.
2: Yeah, <laughs> or Zoom. Zoom. We gotta figure out the Zoom thing. We
1: gotta figure out the Zoom thing. Yeah. Uh, by Andrew,
2: the way, Ollie. <laughs> can I run the board via Zoom?
1: Just say yes. <laughs> I,
2: I just show up by myself. Like, cool. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, guys. I'll yeah. install a robot to touch uh, all the buttons. <laughs> uh, don't worry, buddy. That's coming. Real, real quick, Ollie. <laughs> um, this is gonna be uh an emotional senior day for you, right?
1: I know, I was listening to you, and I'm like, yep. It's gonna be an emotional senior oh, day. Oh, damn! That's right.
2: Your son Xavier.
1: He'll be on the yeah. There'll be this. He'll be part
2: of the ceremony, and I will be there. Man. Wow. All gonna be. I mean, you are one proud papa. But in that moment at McHale Center, while they honor your son, that's gonna be really cool. Yeah, I'm excited for that.
1: You, you guys know that I'm
2: a I'm a happy guy, right? I'm
1: usually got a smile on my face. My smile's gonna be uh, much much larger. You're
2: gonna scene. be grinning like the oh, cat from Alice in Wonderland.
1: I'm just so proud of him, and you know, just uh. You know, Tommy Lloyd, I, mean, I don't think he'd get mad at me. Tommy Lloyd said this when he was talking about senior day uh, just yesterday. And he's, he was talking about, uh, you know, he tells the players, number one, you better be nice to the managers because they do a lot for you and they, they work really hard. And if you want to hire somebody in your company, you want to hire a student manager because those guys, they know what it's like to be disciplined, to be able to talk to people of authority uh, with confidence, and then he said, you know, the second reason why you want to be nice to the managers, guys, is because someday you're going to end up working for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt.
2: Um, be nice to managers and the walk-ons. Because you never know, that that walk-on in Michigan State could end up owning the Phoenix Suns. Well, you just look at
1: the walk-ons and the managers that have gone through the University of Arizona and what they're doing in life today. Yeah. Uh, what? Well, it's true. It's impressive. It's all
2: true. All right. With that being said, let's go to headline number two. 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 Uh, Delaney Schnell, we all know about her. She's a stud. Olympian, two-time Pac-12 Diver of the Year. Well, she does it again. For the third straight season, she won the one-meter uh, diving championship at the Pac-12 Diving and Swimming Championships in Washington. Now, uh, she's not finished. Uh, she's competing in the three-meter and also the uh, the platform as well. But, I mean, we, we've spoken to her, you know, on, on this show, Ollie. We've actually had the chance to hold her silver medal that she won at the Olympics. Uh, Delaney Schnell, when it's all said and done, uh, will go down as one of the greatest athletes to come out of Tucson,
1: absolutely, and one of the greatest uh athletes at the University of Arizona. What back to back to back, right? Yeah, she's the Pat Riley of diving, and <laughs> right, I like that, <laughs> or Magic Johnson, whatever you want to say. But you know, the, the 10 meter that's the high one at U of A, right? When that's the platform, yes. Uh, there is a new 27 meter platform in Fort Lauderdale. It's called. It's for the Red Bull Circuit. Circuit. And if you've That's, never been on a platform 10 meters high, jumping into a pool, that is scary. Now go. 27. Um, 27. At 10 That's meters, such an I arbitrary ju- number. I know, right? They, they like things with factors of three? Sure. Yeah. And because it's a lucky number, oh. three. Hmm. I made all. I don't know. So <laughs> what I'm saying is. Uh, I'm trying to imagine, I told you guys a story that, you know, a late night, me and some of my buddies might have gone out there and, and jumped off the 10-meter, and I went feet first and I split my my boxers right in half. Your chonies? Yeah. I think not only my boxers, but my chonies' chonies <laughs> would have been split right <laughs> in half off 27. <laughs> I'm like, would you, my buddy's like, would you ever do that? I'm like, nope. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> Getting out of the water looked like you just rode a mechanical bull. Uh, you're, you're not. Your use of your legs is gone <laughs> Oh my goodness Alright, good luck to Delaney Schnell As the Arizona Wildcats look to put a bow On the swimming and diving championships Today and tomorrow Let's go to headline number 3
1: Three. three. Certainly not having children Alright, sorry <laughs> <No. laughs> Alright,
2: Ollie, real quick No Kevin Durant tonight But the Phoenix Suns are back in action They take on the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, Tip-off is set at 8 p.m. No no KD. But apparently the Phoenix Suns had a, a little scrimmage and Kevin Durant partook in that. And apparently the, the Phoenix Suns players were just all giddy and excited about Kevin Durant joining forces with them.
1: They should be giddy, man. This They're going to be really good. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a really good game tonight. Because uh, Oklahoma City is no joke, man. That team... Josh Giddy. Has a, Josh, I mean, Josh Giddy is really good. Uh and Shea, Shea Gilgis, Alexander. Alexander,
2: future Raptor.
1: Well, no, d- dude, that dude is the top five guard in the in the NBA. Absolutely. And he's amazing. One time Clipper. And then uh, Jalen Williams, who they drafted. I mean, Sh- which Sam- one? Yes. <laughs> Sam Preston. they got all all you these got, like, guys, and, and they got Williams. all these picks. Oklahoma City is uh, postured for a lot of success in the future. It'll be a good game. Imagine if they get Wimbanyama.
2: No, that's, that's ridiculous. Right. He's, going to San <laughs> he's going to San. Antonio. He's going to San Antonio. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right, coming up next on Spears and Ali, speaking of Wembenyama and the NBA, let's talk about the NBA with Brandon Scooby-Robinson, NBA insider from Bally Sports. More Spears and Ali coming up next.
0: Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. Justin Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson.
2: Welcome back to Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio. The NBA is officially back after the All Star break, so let's talk about that with Brandon Scoop B. Robinson, NBA insider from Valley Sports. Scoop B, always a pleasure. How's it going, my man?
0: So far so good, brother. How are you?
2: Doing fantastic. And uh I gotta ask you, you know, you've been to many, many All Star games. What was the vibe out there like at Salt Lake City this past weekend?
0: Um, it was fun. It was also Pretty um, spectacular for me personally, just because um, <clears throat> I have not, you know, in the last three years, it's just been crazy yeah. just with the height of COVID. And just, you know, it, you get to see a lot of people that either, you know, digitally online or you, you get to connect with people that you haven't seen in a while. And, you know, I've been around the league since 97 as a 12 year old kid with the Nets, And, you know, for me, um, you know, you see guys who were once who, who are considered legends now, uh, who are in front office roles, um, you know, coaches and more, and then you connect with the, the new crop. I feel like this um, this All-Star game specifically, um, in a lot of respects, is the extension of the baton, um, if you will, um, because the young guys are, are beginning to, to take flight. in, you know, the, the Jason Tatum, the Jalen Brown, the John ja Morant, the Jared Jackson Jr., the, the Nada Sabonis, and, and more. And, you know, <clears throat> I remember in 2014, KD, Kyrie, James Harden and others were when Damian Lillard were, you know, the next up. Um, And so I feel like that baton in 2023 is being extended to these younger guys. And um, it's really just a joy to see that baton as LeBron is still doing his thing. And we're figuring this thing out in the Western Conference that is the Phoenix Suns and some of the other competitive uh, forces in that conference as well.
2: Well, you just bring up the Phoenix Suns. And, of course, we all know about their big addition, uh, Kevin Durant. Now the newest member of the Suns. Uh, what does KD bring to Phoenix? How do you like the way he fits in with guys like Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and, and Chris Paul? And also, like, you know, you were, you know, at the forefront of all this reporting uh, scoop from when it all started in the summertime. How did it get to a point where the Nets and, and Kevin Durant just simply had to break up?
0: Um, I think the answer to your last question, it, it just was time. Uh, the tw- in 2019, when Kai and Kev came together uh, and decided to join uh, the Brooklyn Nets, there was, there was fresh air, there was newness to it. But I think for the Nets, um, it just got to a point where um, ownership, the players, uh, and 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 the front office just weren't on the same page. Um, I, I think that's the easiest way to abbreviate it. Um, I, I think it goes a little deeper than that. Um, I think when you're in New York, um, there's a pressure to play, and there's also the the enjoyment to play basketball may have been lost. Um, I I think when you look at Kyrie Irving, for an example, um, New York media, I feel, um, had an expectation for both he and Kevin in year one. Um, And, you know, in year one, Kevin wasn't there. Kyrie produced, and then he kind of shut down. In year two, Kevin came, and, you know, the Bucks were uh, in a better position. They brought in James, the Nets brought in James Harden. COVID and all of the mandates in New York City weren't Kyrie Irving's friend. Um, and, you know, the whole thing with getting the jab or not getting the jab, um, I, I think it's a lot. And then ultimately, um, things began to bottom out without KD and Ben Simmons and, and, and more. Um, yeah. it, it just, I, I feel like Dallas is a better fit for Kyrie because they actually care about basketball and, um, it's away from home. Uh, and I think the same for Kevin. The other thing is Milwaukee, Philly, and Boston have gotten better in the last few years. And I just think the Nets were not going to be able to contend with that in the long run. And um, here we are now. So they are complementary pieces, very good complimentary pieces in the Valley of the Sun and in Dallas. And here we are now. Yeah. As far as the ultimate, you know, point of, of moving, I think, um, you know, Kevin was the face of that team. And he quietly asked out. Um, and Kyrie uh, wanted his extension, and you know the Nets were the the, those, the, the, the offerings were very incentive laden rather than him paying what he thought he was worth, and the Nets didn't want to let him leave for anything. So, you know, there were a lot of tactics, tactic tactics, excuse me, used on both sides for everybody to get what they want. Kyrie still has to produce in in, in Dallas, um, and you know, just from talking to people within. Dallas organization, they have a liking to Kai. um, And and it's it's mutual. Still in this honeymoon stage, but we'll see what happens.
1: Scoop, I always appreciate you being on the show and the level of uh, basketball astuteness that you bring to our listeners. And I've wanted to ask you this for the last couple of weeks is that, you know, a lot has been made about load management and players not playing. And, you know, I think it's manifested in less people actually going to the games themselves. This is the first time I can remember star players like, Anthony Edwards or DeMar DeRozan actually speaking out about that players need to be on the court more. Do you think there's a there's momentum for a sea change for players
0: actually playing? Um, I'm yeah. not sure. I think I commend Anthony Edwards for saying that. Um, but I also believe that Anthony Edwards is still very young and hungry on a team that was initially built around Carl Anthony Towns. And in in all of this, he seemingly has become the face of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I think it's easy to say that when you're first on the scene and being discovered. And then when you get older, your body may tell a different story. Um, So I don't want to slight Anthony. That's his opinion. Um, But I think when you look down the bench at at his teammate, Carl Anthony Towns, who's dealt with a lot of injury, um, he's gotten older. And so things change. Um, but I also think that, you know, for some players, 82 games is a, is a long time. I'll tell you, I don't play in the NBA, but I haven't, I enjoyed that after the all-star break, I've had almost a week off, um, before I got back into the flow of things. And I know that a lot of players and even people who work for the league in a myriad of capacities have enjoyed that process. So, um, I know load management is so controversial, but I also think 82 games for some players is a long time because it's, it's different than baseball. Like baseball has over a hundred games and you might stay in a city for a period of time and just play, you know, like double headers or play a day and then take off a day and then play another day In basketball, you might start out a game and start out the week, like on a Monday in, in Phoenix. And then in the week on Saturday in New York, it's a little different. So, I think that you know you've heard, I've heard people discuss well maybe um, there should be like a a break a halfway point in the season and then players return back and, and play and you know all those different things that have been proposed. I I, I um I grew up on NBA on eighty two games. Uh, I lamented when they took the, the NBA patch off of the, the shoulder of the jersey. Um, so you know for, to now to you know. Question the 82 games. I think everybody's going to have a complaint. Um, I I complained when they did the play-in tournament. I'm I'm of the philosophy that the top eight teams should go. Um, Everybody's going to have a different point of view. I think a lot of people are going to be angry if the Clippers make it to the finals and win and they load-manage Kawhi off and on during the year. Um, Ironically, Kawhi Leonard was spoiled. As much as people talk about how much he and Pop didn't connect, he definitely learned how to request rest being up under Greg Popovich in San Antonio, and he's now a member of the Clippers. So everybody has a different point of view. I can appreciate Anthony Edwards' uh, fresh perspective, um, but as you get older, everybody has a different perspective.
2: Scoot, before we let you go, uh, you know, with the final stretch of the NBA season finally here, a lot of people are wondering how the Western Conference standings are going to look by season's end. Who do you think is a dark horse to maybe make a run here in the final 20-ish or so games?
0: The Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers.
1: You just made his day, man. I mean, I can't <laughs> tell you what. The the face Justin just made right now is like if he has, hadn't eaten in three weeks and someone brought him a cheeseburger.
2: <laughs> I do like to hear that, man. You're welcome. You're all welcome. Thank you. I mean, they added Malik Beasley, right? D'Angelo Russell. Hey, man, it looked they, like he had some... Look, solid pieces. They
1: Scoop, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think they uh, they beat the last two teams with these new guys by double digits, and they only did that three times the entire time Russell Westbrook was there. You
0: yeah. know, it's interesting you, you bring up the whole Russell Westbrook thing because um, I know Russ is, is villainized a lot. Um, I, I am not of the uh, Russell slander ilk if you will but this is what i'll say the lakers had two ball dominant players in, in russ and lebron which is why it didn't work russ can be russ with the clippers and he's only two years removed from bringing bradley bill and a bunch of scrubs from the 12th seed to the playoffs and averaging a triple double mm. in the Clippers system Russell will be allowed to be himself in the lakers system it wasn't gonna work
2: brandon scooby robinson i think oh go ahead go ahead scoop sorry
0: I think the Clippers in signing Russell Westbrook have finally made themselves a legitimate contender, along with the Warriors and the Suns.
2: I think so too, man. And it's it's the the three guys who grew up as Laker fans. You got Russ, Paul, George, and Kawhi Leonard, and yeah, now they're teaming up in L.A. It should be uh, pretty interesting. Uh, Brandon Scooby Robinson Brandon I mean I have so many more questions I gotta ask you but unfortunately we're running out of time always appreciate your insight hope you're doing well my friend hope you had a great uh, time off and uh, we'll talk to you the next time my friend
0: my brother I'll talk to you too thank you for the opportunity to be myself
2: always appreciate you Scoop one love and uh, don't forget to follow Scoop on Twitter at ScoopB and check out his work at BallySports.com All right, more Spears and Ali coming up next on occasion, I'll just let out a, a battle cry. Last one was like, uh, you know.
1: <laughs> They'll was,
0: never take our freedom. Yeah,
1: I was thinking it was like a like a David Lee Roth kind of
0: scream, right?
1: <laughs> Justin, are you uh, bop for
2: teacher? Yes. I'm
1: so sad and lonely, sad lonely, sad lonely. Oh sweet mama. What is this song, uh, Welcome Back to Spears and Ali, what does it remind you guys of? And it should be something that comes right to mind because it's something that is relatively recent in pop culture.
2: Along Came Polly?
1: You're on the right track.
2: Okay. Wow, that is not at all what I thought I, you were going to yeah. say. <laughs> uh, nothing specifically for me, I don't know. There was,
1: a, there was a character that uh, in the new Jumanji movies that... She's a fighter and a dancer, and when they put music on, she fight dances you, and that's the song she plays. That's it, (laughs)
2: right? Oh, man. Wow. Spears and Ali. Handsome uh, woman, too. Presented by (laughs) Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Huge thanks to all of our sponsors here on ESPN Tucson. So, Ali, uh, I don't know if you saw this story out there by... The Athletic. You know I did. But apparently when Russell Wilson was in his final years with the Seattle Seahawks, he wanted not just head coach Pete Carroll fired, but he also wanted their general manager fired as well. Um, and he wanted Pete Carroll fired for Sean Payton. Apparently uh, he always wanted to work with Sean Payton. Well, now here they are in Denver and they get to work together. But Russell Wilson uh, put out a tweet today and. Pretty much shot down the story and said it's uh, you know Pete Carroll was like a father to me and I love my time in Seattle and so uh, Russell Wilson responded to that story but are we are we really surprised that we're hearing that Russell Wilson wanted to get Pete Carroll out of there? You know I'm actually
1: surprised that this is a story now because I thought uh, during his last couple of years in Seattle it was very well known that Rocky. there was a lot of tension between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. And it was my understanding that Pete Carroll went to ownership and said, it's me or him. Yeah. And they traded into Denver, and they're laughing to this day.
2: Because they, they actually went <laughs> yeah. to the playoffs yeah. with Geno Smith, and uh, Russell Wilson is getting, yes, a quarter of a billion dollars, but yeah, they're not really cooking right now in Denver. And, you know, Denver, his first year in Denver, a lot of players kind of resented Russ because of the sort of treatment that he got. Now, I do understand that if you're paying a guy a quarter of a billion dollars, you want to make sure he has all the the right resources at the facilities. You want him to be able to be comfortable there and essentially live there when he's not at home. But apparently, uh, and I I, I read this in the story in The Athletic, that um, he had offices that were like on the second floor with the coaches and the executives. And the players, they never went up there. That was like, oh, that's the second floor. That's the principal's office. We never mingle in there. Meanwhile, Russell Wilson had a whole office up in there. So you could definitely tell that there was a uh, some separation between the players and Russell Wilson. And it feels like Russell Wilson had total free reign in Denver. And maybe that's partially the reason why it was a total train wreck this year.
1: How would you feel if you went to school with a dude and, uh, for whatever reason, they had the leverage to be the only one that could go to the teacher's lounge? You'd be like, yeah, that guy's kind of a tool. So, yeah, yeah I mean... A lot of uh, lack of self-awareness by Russell Wilson. He, towards the end of the year, there was a couple guys speaking up on his behalf, but you know, you didn't see a lot of players yeah. uh, kind of defending him. And then I think it's also, look, it's sometimes uh, it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck. It's actually a duck. Yeah. you know, there's not been a lot of positive comments coming out of Seattle from former teammates either. Yeah. So.
2: Well, Marshawn Lynch and Richard Sherman, they went on, I think, Instagram Live or something, or no, it might have been during one of the Manning casts, but they were talking about how it's so hard to get in contact with Russell Wilson. In order for them to reach out to a, a brother of theirs, a guy that they won a Super Bowl with, they have to reach out to an agent or a publicist who then relays the message to Russ. And it's like, why can't I just pick up the phone and call you, man?
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so like when I hear stuff like that. Um, it it certainly bothers me. And I will say this, as much as I'm willing to, you know, jump on the, oh, let's all make fun of Russell Wilson, because he's a very cringy person. You look at his TikToks, you just look at the kind of person that he is. I mean, shoot, after they won an ugly game, I think it was against the 49ers. It was
1: like 13-9. to It it was
2: the ugliest game ever. And then Russell Wilson was, you know, smiling at the camera saying, that's championship football, baby. That's what it's all about. It's like you can admit, like, yeah, we got the win, but man we got a lot to work on right and when i saw that i'm like okay so russell wilson is mr positive all the time he's not really genuine that's and the thing it's uh inauthentic
1: positivity yes and it it's very transparent so yeah. i can see how i can see how he ostracizes some people yeah by the way that he feels entitled to things that others don't feel entitled to and being inauthentic. And those are not two qualities mm. of uh, somebody you really want to hang out with a lot.
2: Now, as much as I do want to, like I said, jump on the, oh, let's all make fun of Russell Wilson bandwagon, why not? I do it's it's fun. It's yeah, easy. Yeah. But uh, I will say this, there was one thing that really made me understand that okay, maybe the hate has gone a little too far, was when they were talking right. about his birthday and last year they're like, "Oh, only half the Denver Broncos showed up to his birthday party." Mm. That's a little suspicious. Like we, No, that normally happens. It's not like the star, the franchise quarterback, he's going to have every single member of the team show up to his birthday party. Now, if none of the Broncos showed up, then yeah, that's a problem. But they were like, oh, man, half? Only half, man, that might be a problem. That part, I'm like, okay, we, we shouldn't get on Russell Wilson about that. But all the other stuff, I'm totally for it. That's um, like that
1: quarterback and draft day. That's why uh, you know Kevin <laughs> Costner didn't draft him. Vontae Mack, no matter what. Well, nobody went to his birthday party. Yeah. Actually is a pretty good indication. I mean, open bar, all the food you can get. It, none of your teammates go to your birthday party. Yeah. It is February, my man, because we are talking about Russell Wilson.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the story in the Athletic. Well, yesterday we were talking about Aaron Rodgers and his uh, 4 days of darkness. And guess what, Ollie? He saw his shadow.
1: He did. So, six more weeks of a uh, winter all right.
2: One more year is, Green Bay. Is that why it's been raining so much in Tucson? <laughs> yep. It's been Man, so windy it's witty. cold. Yeah. Because of Air Rogers It's been real dark, too. <laughs> Soft. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for hour number one of Spears and Ali. Coming up in hour number two, we're going to be talking some Arizona Wildcats basketball and memorable Azulis Tubelas performances at McHale Center. What do you Stay think tuned. about that small ball lineup?